Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, I will be chatting with Nicole Ayers about making peace with your body. Such an important topic. I'm really excited to dive into this today. You are listening to Creating Wellness from Within, a podcast devoted to helping you live your best life through self-care and wellness. In each episode, we will strive to offer you actionable advice and tools to help you with your journey towards greater personal wellness. I am your host, Amy Zalmer, and I am editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine and the Brain Health magazine. Additionally, I have published four books on the topic of brain injury and concussion. I am passionate about yoga, wellness, photography, travel, and all things glittery. You can learn more about me at creatingwellnessfromwithin.com. Today, my guest is Nicole Ayers, and she is a dynamic and engaging TEDx speaker who's not afraid to get vulnerable and real about her personal journey to loving herself. She's a strong voice for female empowerment and the freedom it brings. Nicole is the award-winning author of Love Notes to My Body, which was recognized as one of 2020's best life-changing books. She's been invited by local and national media to speak about the importance of body acceptance, and she encourages everyone to disrupt the narrative that tells them that they and their bodies are not enough just as they are. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. So happy to be talking about this today. Thanks so much for the opportunity and sharing your folks with me. Yeah. You know, this whole body acceptance and and changing that whole narrative, um, just so important. And, you know, I think in the last five years, we have started to see a shift. Um, You know, it's never enough, right? But at least I think people are starting to change that narrative a little bit, at least. And we got to start somewhere, right? Baby steps. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in my own journey started about five Mm -hmm. years ago. So I do think that there has been like a collective awakening Mm -hmm. where just, you know, we're starting to just be fed up with the narratives that we've been sold that our bodies always have to be improved. And that is fantastic and wonderful. And I am here for all the conversations. And like you said, it's still not enough. And, and, and because it's in, the work itself is, has been going on for decades. There have been some right. pioneer voices out there, but you know, a real mainstream conversation that's coming up, um, you know, what I hear a lot now, folks are like, you know, smiling, like that is so great for you. And what I, you know, the subtext to me is that's so great for you, but I'm not going to be able to be very accepting of Mm -hmm. my body because my body's not really worthy of that. Um, You know, so like I said, just it's baby steps. And I feel like every conversation is just, you know, planting seeds and eventually all of us reach some sort of tipping point. Yeah. I, I have a framework where I, when I work with women and the first step is awakening, right. And it's just becoming aware of your relationship with your body and what you currently feel about it. And I lived in that place for decades. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my first like little blip of how you're treating your body, how you're thinking about it is maybe not how it has to be was in college. And I was taking a women's studies course and we were invited to take a, a women's magazine and just deconstruct it. 
like count, like literally it was counting pages. How many of the 200 pages were ads versus how many were actually stories and were there ads within the stories and things like that. And I remember just that being the first little click to me, like, Hey, something's really skewed here. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just like last week I was on Facebook and, you know, you're targeted ads on Facebook and it was for a woman's plus size clothing store. And the images, you know, has like the carousel of images you can scroll through and they were not plus size, like not even close, not even. And so I commented on it and was like, you know, how about we try using some plus size models? If you're selling, yes. plus size? I'm, I'm never going to buy from you. Um, and they actually responded to my comment and said that they would bring it to their team, which, you know, it's a pretty standard response, but I hope that they do take a look at that and are like, Oh, cause I mean, I, I don't know a single plus size woman who's going to buy <laughs> from a site that does not show a plus size yeah. woman. Well, and when well, here's where I think there's a lot of power in what you, in your comment too, is yes, hopefully it will spark something for the team and they will figure out what they're doing. That's not working and, and make some real change. But for every woman who saw that, like that's very validating. Right. And, and we get to like, oh, well, she said something. Maybe I can say something or we just vote with our dollars too. Right. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I, using where whenever people are willing and comfortable enough to use their voice now, I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I was raised somehow by my mother and grandmother were very comfortable in their bodies and mm. encouraged me. And, um, I was thin until my late thirties and then something happened and, um, I don't know what shifted in my hormones or whatever it was. And then I had a brain injury and gained a ton of weight um, just from not being able to do anything. And, you know, now I live in a plus size body and I'm okay with it. Like, do I wish I still had my body (laughs) from college? Heck yeah. Is that a reality? No, not so much, Um, but I'm okay with where I'm at and I'm not afraid to wear clothing that fits me, right? Like so many people, excuse me, resort to wearing baggy clothes because they want to try and hide their body. And, you know, I was a photographer for 25 years and hiding yourself under baggy clothing makes you look baggy. It doesn't like help you look thinner at all. Um, So actually wearing, you know, the properly fitted clothing makes you look better. Um, and I tried to instill that in, in my clients, you know, um, like the, the baggy clothes yeah. don't, don't hide it. They make it look worse. Um, and so, you know, it just, it was so interesting. I had, um, I got to do a, a makeover for, a, a clothing store chose someone to give a make a complete makeover overhaul to clothing overhaul. And this woman comes in and she had filled out the pre-paperwork and said she was a size 12. So they had pulled clothing for her. She comes in and me and the gal kind of look at each other. She was like a size six Mm. and she was wearing size 12 clothing. She felt that that's what she was supposed to wear. And it made me so sad. And when, and when we got her into size six clothing, she wasn't comfortable with it, but it looked amazing on her. And, you know, it's just like, how do we 
how does someone get there where they, where they can't see that, how, how they, how they actually really, truly look to other people. And it makes me so sad. It does. Yeah. Body dysmorphia is Mm -hmm. absolutely such a real thing. And it is heartbreaking, especially when it's someone that you love and they can't see who they really are. Right. Cause it's not just their bodies that they're hiding. There's usually all sorts of other things. Right. Right. That we're kind of stuffing and hiding too. I, well, I would just say a couple of things that you sparked for me. Like first, what a gift to have a mother and a grandmother like yours. Mm-hmm. I, they sound like treasures because that is not, I feel the norm for most people. And so that's amazing, but yeah, you're right. We don't, most of us don't have a real, we have a real distorted view of what bodies are supposed to look like in general. And so when our body doesn't look like that, then we, you know, and then that's when really the, we spiral into all of that shame, which translate into can, can translate into dysmorphia or, you know, disordered eating and, and all Mm. sorts of sticky things like that. But, um, but yeah, I loved what you said about, you know, this is the body that you have and you're okay with it. Cause that's when I talk about making peace with your body, that's what I'm talking about. You always give people sort of a, a blank permission. You don't have to love your body to accept it as it is in this moment, right? You, even if you don't like it, or there's something you want to change about it, you can still offer your body respect. You can still offer your yeah. body acceptance. You can still offer your body comfortable clothes that fit and, and make you feel good about yourself. Like there's so many things you can still offer yourself in a loving way, even if this isn't the body that you would choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I think that gets so lost on so many people and it's not just women. It, it, you know, I, I think often this conversation, you know, turns into a statement of, of how women feel about themselves, but I know plenty of men who have very similar, um, you know, body image issues. And I think that they're often neglected in this conversation. Mm. Um, because you know, the dad bod, right? Like the dad, it's, it's okay for guys to be overweight and, and male actors can be overweight as long as, you know, they're funny. Um, where females, there aren't a lot of overweight female actresses, right? Um, Megan McCarthy is one that comes to mind um, that's been very successful and she embraces her body. Right. And and I love it. And she has her own, you know, plus size clothing line. Um, But we often forget that men also go through these same struggles. Yeah. I think men are hungry for this conversation in their own circles. You know, that's, I don't, I don't tend to talk with a lot of men because that's not my lived experience. But a lot of the strategies that I, that I teach women are absolutely transferable for anybody. Like they're not, they're not gender specific sorts of practices in terms of how, how do we get to that place of being accepting of our bodies? And I will say that anytime that I have a conversation with men about the work I'm doing or anything like that, inevitably they say men need this too. this too. And, and I had a man once say, well, are you going to write a book for men? And I said, no, but you could, you know, yeah. and, and, and of course that was a different conversation, but, but I agree. Absolutely. Men need to be part of the conversation. And we're, you know, when we look at 
at statistics and things like that, we are seeing like kind of societal warning signs, like a disordered eating, eating and things like that being diagnosed more often in boys now than it ever has been before and things like that. So yes, men very much care about their appearance just as much as women. It's just not as acceptable to, mm-hmm. to focus on it or talk about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, society kind of dictates that like, like yes. a larger man can be at the pool without a top on and nobody cares where a larger woman might have on a, a two piece swimsuit with and- some belly fat hanging out and she gets totally judged. Yeah. And it's like such a double standard. And, you know, it's like, if you don't like it, don't look at it. Like just keep gazing with your eyes somewhere else, you know, just like Facebook <laughs> keep yes. scrolling. Nothing to see I like, here. <laughs> I like, you know, nobody else's body is your business. Yeah. You know, your body is your business and that's it. And that's it. And just don't work. And that's one of the great, actually really, I call it one of the benefits of making peace with your body is because when you really get okay with yourself and you stop judging yourself so harshly, you inevitably stop judging everyone else so harshly too. Yes. You know, and just let people wear what they want to wear or or look how they want to look or be whatever size they want to be and make sure they're comfortable. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there are a lot of things that we can, we can do. I feel like when we get comfortable with who we are, you know, one interesting thing I experienced, um, like in my maybe early thirties, when I gained a little bit of weight, I, I was, I was still very comfortable with myself. I was probably size eight, maybe a 10. Um, I was totally okay with it. And my doctor kept lecturing me on my weight and it pissed me off. I was just like, and then it would be, you know, calories in minus calories out. And it's like, well, that's such antiquated ways of looking at it. And then I kept gaining weight and then the doctor just kept lecturing me. And I'm like, how about we look at what's going on? Like, cause yep. I haven't changed my eating or my, my exercise, like what's happening here. Um, but now that I'm actually quite overweight, doctors don't even make any comments on my weight. I find it absolutely fascinating. Wow. That's unusual. A lot of the folks that I hear from do have that, that whole biases and medical practitioners. And, you know, they go in for, you know, the, like the air infection and it's, well, you need to lose weight. Um, I got that when I was like 175, not, yeah. not now. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. You're not getting it now. I'm wondering what, mm-hmm. are, are, do you see different doctors or? Definitely. Yeah. I'm definitely not at that same doctor. Yeah. I mean, and and maybe that's just the shift. Do you, are you familiar with Aubrey Gordon? Mm -mm. Oh, she is an amazing anti-fat activist and she, her Instagram handle is, I believe your, your fat friend, like why are that friend, but she just wrote a book in the last year called what we don't talk about when we talk about fat. And one of the chapters is dedicated solely to biases in the medical field and, and the discrimination people might experience. Yeah. I I actually had that. I am in a body that people, I guess, um, would kind of describe as like a straight size. And, um, I was having, like, I was experiencing, you know, just some fatigue that wasn't unusual. My hair was falling out and 
just was gaining some weight. And I do see an endocrinologist like once a year and his whole response to me was because he, he did one test and he was like, well, this is normal. So you just need to restrict your eating and move your body more. And I was like, that's not yeah. okay. It's not okay. Healthy. We're, we're done it, here it, with that conversation. Yeah. It's not a healthy diagnosis coming, you know, like we have been blindly taught our entire life to trust our doctors. And I think that part paradigm starting to shift, but, um, you know, traditional doctors, they, they, they can't know everything, right? Like you cannot know everything. I understand that, but then it's time to refer out or go to a specialist or, you know, find a functional medicine doctor, someone who can help you. Like, it's so frustrating to get caught on that hamster wheel, right? Like, well, and you know, any real answers. Part of the toxic messaging around bodies is of course that if, you know, larger bodies are not acceptable. So if you're in a larger body, then you've done something to cause that happen. Um, And we're all, inundated with that sort of messaging. So our medical professionals just, you know, have absorbed all that toxic messaging and have these unconscious biases too. One of the things that I've read about though, is they've done some studies with um, doctors in training, you know, people in their still medical school or in their residencies and things like that. And often when their biases is pointed out to them, it's like, oh, I didn't know I was doing that. And then that shifts their behavior. So it's not even, right. it doesn't even have to be a huge, like there doesn't have to be these week-long intensive sessions. And sometimes it's just as simple as, hey, you're carrying this biases around and it's impacting your patients. Um, so yeah, we've got to keep having these conversations and, and hope medical people and, and, mm-hmm. and patients are hearing them. Yeah. You really have to be your own advocate. And I I have a good friend, she's in a bigger body and she was just extremely fatigued, um, had other weird things going on. And doctors just kept telling her she needed to lose weight. And she's like, no, there's something going on here. Like, cause you know, your body, right. And so she just kept going to different doctors. She finally found a doctor. She was in heart failure. Like. If they had found this months earlier, there would have been more options for her. Um, And so she's living with this now. And like, she had all the glaring signs of what was going on, but doctors ignored it just because of her size and kept telling her she just needed to lose weight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I hate hearing that's heartbreaking. I know it's so hard. That is, that is really because well, and a lot of times people in larger bodies just avoid the doctor altogether because they're afraid yeah. of the treatment they're going to receive, or they've had a really terrible experience the judgment. already, mm-hmm. the judgment and stuff. And so they don't go. And then, you know, things, whatever help that's going on can totally get out of hand. So yeah, we've got to make these shifts. And you're talking about, you know, your body best. It can come in being at peace with your body means that you do know your body. Like you, yeah. you trust yourself again. You trust that whatever your intuition is to you, you know, for some people, it is that we call it the gut feeling, you know, that gut feeling. And for some people, it is that kind of feeling, but you might experience your intuition in lots of different ways. Like it might just be a knowing that you have, or like chills on your body or the truth that, you know, the tears of truth kind of thing. But when you, when you become accepting of just who you are, you do tune into that voice again. And thank goodness 
your friend was advocating for herself over and over and saying, no, this is not okay. Um, and it absolutely sucks that she had to go through so many doctors yeah. to get someone who would listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like she was telling them, I can't vacuum my living room without having to take a rest. And, you know, they just kept putting it off as her weight. She's like, I weigh the same that I weighed two years ago or even a year ago, a year ago, I could vacuum like something has changed. And um, just, you know, having, having that voice and being your advocate and it does suck that she had to go to that many different doctors, but at least she had that, that presence of mind to know like, okay, something's not right. I do need to like, yes, yeah, that she, did, that she didn't just give up. Yeah. So cultivating that relationship with yourself, that this is my body. I'm going to listen to the signals that you send me. I'm going to honor them as best I can um, is so critical. So critical. Yeah. Not, not just for our physical health, but our emotional and our mental health too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think talking about the mental health component and we get so inside our own heads, right? Like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm overweight or I'm too fat or I'm too ugly or nobody will like me. Nobody, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just, you know, you just got to call out your own BS, right? Like yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to get there, but it's like, man, you got to call BS on yourself. So I call my mean little voice like that, the nasty gram narrator. And she, she used to just kind of roll my mind like all day long. She would run. I know some people have like situational, like I'm in a dressing room or I'm doing this thing at work and that's when theirs revs up. But mine just ran all the time. Right. And she was constantly telling me how I wasn't measuring up and wasn't enough or was too much and and all of those sorts of things. And so again, going back to awakening, part of that awakening process is just hearing that voice and recognizing that this isn't really me. This isn't the part of me that is a loving being who deserves to exist just because I'm alive. Right. It's, it's going, Oh, there you are again. Oh, there you are again. What are, you know, what are you saying? And then even getting kind of the next step then is to, well, is what you're saying actually true? Mm-hmm. Or is that just a way I'm being hard on myself today? Right. And when you can start to parse out, you know, that's maybe not really true. It's just a feeling that I'm having. Then you can really reframe and call the BS and say, okay, I'm going to try something different. We're just going to quiet you down. It's not your yeah. turn anymore. Yeah. And I like to call it the the best friend test. Like, would you Uh say these things to your best friend? No, you would never talk that way to somebody else. So why should it be okay to talk to yourself that way? It's not. Yeah. So part of the work that I'm really interested in right now, and and, and I'm just starting to, to talk about it and write more about is like this legacy. So every day, you know, legacy, normally we think of what am I leaving my loved ones, you know, wealth or heirlooms or or work ethics, whatever. But, you know, we create these daily legacies too. And so every day we sort of get this choice, are we creating a legacy of body acceptance or a legacy of body shame? And it's not, I mean, obviously if you're a parent, this is really important to think about, but it's not just for parents because how we feel about our own bodies impacts 
how everyone around us perceives their own bodies, right? We are even either giving people permission to continue to shame themselves and to say hurtful things and make that acceptable, normal conversation, or we're showing them, you know, permission to be gentle with yourself, permission to be accepting of yourself. And it all just depends on how we show up and the conversations we have and the actions that people can see us taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to lead by example, right? Like modeling, if you do have children, you know, you're modeling for your children. If you're yes. hard on yourself and like verbally say like, oh my gosh, you know, if I weren't so fat, I wouldn't have like done that or you know, I'd be able to wear this or whatever that might be. Your kids are hearing that. Mm-hmm. And then your kids are going to model that behavior because they think that that's normal behavior. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I grew up, um, my parents divorced when I was young, when I was seven. So I grew up with my mom and lots of women and they were, that was just the norm. It like, I thought that it was, I don't even want to say I thought it was acceptable. I just thought it's the way that it was right. to shame mm-hmm. your body. Like I did not realize that I could be in relationship with my body in a different sort of way. Cause that was just how it, you know, every conversation was about the current diet or the one they were about, you know, they were already on or who looks like this and who's gained this weight or who lost this weight or who did their hair like this, you know, it was acceptable. And so our loved ones. And again, I, and I, it's not just our children here. It is our coworkers. It yeah. is our other family members. It is our neighbors They're They hear what we say and they absorb all of that. But they are also watching what we do. Cause I have folks who say, you know, well, I, I just, can you, can you do this work with our, our kiddos, our girls, especially they need this so much. And I'm like, yeah, they do. But so do you, <laughs> because if, if you're not yep. walking the walk, like you might tell them, like, you're so beautiful, your body is wonderful and miraculous. But if you are not living that for yourself, they don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Right. They call BS. <laughs> they call B. Yeah, they call BS. And so, and and that's one of like you were talking about being permission giving. If if you or for me specifically, when I started doing my own work, it gave other people permission to not fixate on their mm-hmm. appearance when they were around me. You know, and some of my friends it made super uncomfortable because that was how they wanted to be in relationship with me. And when I opted out of the conversations then they were angry, you know, I, so, but that's okay. You know, again, like I said, it's a seed planted. Yep. Sometimes you have to let go of friends and relationships um, because you realize that they weren't healthy to begin with. And, um, you know, they were, they were keeping you small to keep themselves small. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, Nicole, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, if people want to learn more about you and what you do, your website is NicoleAires.com. And I do it, have a clickable. It's actually, 
Oh, I'll oh, say it's sorry. Nicole. No, you're okay. It's NicoleCairs.com. Oh, yep. I did miss that. Thank you. Nicole C. Ayers, um, the letter C. Um, and we do have a clickable link in the show notes. So anyone that wants to find you can go click right through. Um, but you. let us know, tell us what your, you know, what, what, what can people find if they want to work with you? Yeah. So people can interact with me in lots of different ways. And the website is the best place to find me. If you just want a, a little in, in um, inspiration, they can check out my books. My anchor book is called Love Notes to My Body. And it is this beautifully illustrated, whimsical collection of love notes to my body's different parts and all the gratitude I feel for having this body that lets me be alive. So that's often a great place for people to start and just, you know, like I said, be inspired. And, and a lot of times they may want to write their own love note. Um, I also teach a movement practice called wild soul movement. So folks can find me there because that was a great way that I found to get into my body and out of my head instead. And then I have tons of resources. So people to follow on Instagram who are talking about what it means to be in either body neutral spaces or body positive spaces and, and broadening what we see on social media. So we don't think there's just one kind of body to have. And then resources for, you know, if you want to do this work yourself, or if you're in a hard place and maybe you need a book to read, or you even need to source a therapist. So lots of good stuff on the website, kind of meeting people wherever they are. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a lovely conversation. Well, thank you so much for having me. I am so appreciative for places to have these conversations and you are an amazing, you know, you are creating that legacy of body acceptance for all the folks around you. So thank you for doing that important work. Mm, Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you are listening to this podcast to help others on their own wellness journey, discover this podcast. Thank you all for tuning in. I will see you all in the next episode. Have a great day, everyone.